everybody. I hope you are safe and staying sane and that you're healthy. I know that um, I've talked to quite a few people and this two-month mark has been pretty brutal for not only adults but children as well. Just kind of that unknown, hanging on to that unknown for so long. And also the fear of, you know, the, the leaders that are in charge don't really know what they're doing, even the good ones. And that causes a lot of stress and anxiety in the body and just in our whole person. So I'm feeling it all with you. This episode I'm really excited about. Um, I got a chance to talk to the hip-hop social worker, Christopher Scott, and we didn't know each other. I had been following him for a while on Instagram and really loving his posts and his, his authenticity, which I have been lucky enough to interview now three therapists. Chris is in the process of getting his um, social worker degree, but three different people in the therapeutic field and each one of them genuine, authentic, so caring about connecting to their clients and reaching for possibilities instead of um, the status quo. And Chris embodies that. We didn't know each other, and I feel like, in a small way, I hopefully made a friend. And I am so excited to see what he does with what he's been given and what he's gone after. Because it's not just, we know this, it's not just you being given something. Most of the time, you have to work really hard and hustle really hard for what you want and what you're passionate about. And Chris does that. He has hustled and he's still hustling and with each curveball he's gotten back up and hustled some more. And so that's why I named this pod this podcast episode Vulnerability Hustle, because he embodies both so beautifully, this straining and reaching for vulnerability and authenticity is ex- in exactly as exactly who he is. And also the hustle. So please enjoy this episode. And yeah, please enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. I am here with Christopher Scott. He is the hip hop social worker. And I've just been following him for a while on Instagram. I love the content that he posts it's engaging vulnerability and empathy and um, I've sent a lot of your um, your posts on to my children oh nice (laughs) my my son is uh just turned 20 and he's living in LA pursuing his music career with a a group of guys and he's you know he's in therapy and stuff but anything that's like Hey, listen to another man also saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, be more vulnerable is always a plus. Yeah. So 
what I'm familiar with with your work is you're a social worker, you have a podcast, you have merch, you also do coaching. Is there anything that you would say about yourself that I, I'm sure there's so much that I don't know about, but is there anything mm-hmm. that you want to add to that? Uh, you seems like you got it uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the coaching part, I... I just like it's like a wide variety. Like I do like you know therapy. I also you know there's there's sometimes a student will like uh, DM me about it, like helping them out with an assignment. You know, like like you know like they can interview me or people ask me like, oh, what's the best route to you know to become a social worker or you know what social work has to offer or I want to be a therapist. What should I do to become a therapist? Things like that. So, I mean, I just, yeah, you know, also do like, you know, video, audio stuff. Um, Yeah, I noticed that. I hadn't gotten into that. I've just listened to a few of your podcasts. Yeah. I I like it. Yeah. So, like, you know, just learning how to do that on the fly and and helping people out with those kind of things. And, yeah, pretty much it. I'm just a person who wants to see others do better, do well. Yep. Me too. I, (laughs) I, it sounds like you have like, what's the right word you got a lot of irons in the fire yes <laughs> i do but I that is also more. entrepreneurship yeah <laughs> always hustling yeah trying so and i want to make sure what pronouns do you prefer uh him and his okay great he him his and i am she her hers all right um and so i want to just get to it okay let's do it um you're in portland yes whereabouts in portland are you uh i I grew up in north northeast portland um like um uh, like kind of the jefferson alberta killingsworth area um but now i live in the suburbs a little in uh like on the out on the outskirts okay yeah yeah we live um you know People listen to this podcast from all over, but yeah. <laughs> we live we've we live a block from Boise Elliott and have for the last I think we're going on twenty one years now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I grew up in that area. Yeah. Like, all over that area, yeah. And my husband works at Boise Elliott. Oh nice. Yeah. I was actually uh, doing therapy there. Oh, cool. I'm when this is over, I want to, maybe I'll connect you to him because he's also trying to um, do like family music nights and okay. he's been getting people in the community, uh, you know, performing, but also sing-alongs. And he had one, it was super successful, like a Thursday night, 50 some people came out. Oh, nice. And then um, he had another one scheduled and then the you know, pandemic happened. So yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> everything has changed. Yep. <laughs> everything slowed down. Yep. Um, so the main reason, you know, th- that I wanted you to come on here is because I've been trying, I switched gears a little bit when the pandemic and the shutdown happened because I have so many vulnerable people that, you know, either follow me or listen to the podcast. It hasn't changed a ton, but I've tried to focus more of my energy on interviewing people that um, are doing the work within the community. Yes. And because I think that a lot of us are just having to, you know, fly by the seat of our pants. 
That's true. <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> you know, because a lot, I, I mean, I talked to um, Helen, who you know, and she said that, you know, she hadn't even done an online um, therapy call before. Yeah, me either. I just started doing that. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not licensed yet, but because I work with the LCSW, I'm able to do those services through, you know, his thing. But uh, yeah. I have about two clients that I see. Um, and it was it's, it's still weird. I mean, you know, because one, I FaceTime with one and I actually have to talk on the phone with another one because they don't have yeah. like the, you know, the capacity to do FaceTime. So it's, it's you know, it's 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 interesting, but but I guess I got to get done, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it with spiritual direction. I've been doing it for a while. Um, and it's, but you know, when you have to go to, you know, doing it with a couple clients to doing it with all of your clients yeah. and having, you know, you can't read body language as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's delays and buffering. All that stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. You know, and it's not like, you know, like, you, you know, they come to your space and they can kind of let their hair down. They got to kind of yeah. stay in, like, so, so let's say, like, their space is chaotic and they got to kind of stay yes. in that chaotic space and do therapy rather than leave the chaos for an hour, go to therapy, drive home, and then kind of collect mm-hmm. themselves. They kind of, kind of, yeah, it's, it's maneuvering for everyone. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because I, you know, I've thought about a lot of different things like being trapped in an unsafe environment, you know, with parents or with a partner, you know, but I hadn't thought about that particular thing where, you know, even if your environment is relatively safe, it's just not the same. Yeah, at all. So there's no, do you have a brick and mortar? Like, do you have a office? Oh, that no. You work? no um, yeah, neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was stationed at, uh, at Boise. So I just would go there and then I also work out at McLaren. So, okay. Know. But one of my, one of my goals is to have a brick and mortar one of these days. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you didn't at this point yeah. because <laughs> then you'd be paying rent on a building yeah. that nobody could go yeah, to. Yeah. I'd be stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you, what I would love to hear from you is, because I, I read your website and I wanted to say that I was really inspired by, just by your bio. Thank you. Um, because I, I think that I would make the assumption just by reading that, that you come from some trauma. Yep. Yeah. And you're honest about it. And by that honesty and vulnerability, you're also you're not saying I'm perfect. You're saying that there's still hope yeah. and possibility. Yeah. So like, you know, um, it took me a while to get to a space where like I could admit that I've had some things, um, you know, there's things that happened to me. There's still a few things that I haven't like really came out, you know what I'm saying? I'm still not there like with my healing process yet. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, um I just wanted to show people like you know, my journey and like how much better I felt when I was able to kind of like sit back and, you know, unpack some things and, you know, just kind of have like a new sense of a new sense of direction, a new sense of hope, new sense of being, you know, before I was kind of just walking around lost, you know, even like while I was trying to be a social worker, 
you know, like going to school and stuff. I really didn't have a direction, you know, but, 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 you know, having those assignments that kind of, you know, uh, were traumatizing to like, I had to like, you know, um, go through my past trauma experiences for, you know, for a letter grade, mm-hmm. but it acted at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it helped me like, you know, process the things It helped me like, you know, have those conversations I need to have with my parents and, you know, people who are around us just to kind of, you know, have, so we could all get some closure about how we used to live. You know, I grew up in, you know, drug infested house, you know, uh, everybody in the house, if you were over 18, you, you probably were doing dope, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't 18, I was like, you know, four or five, but I remember to see it kind of the madness of it and that, that stuff kind of leading to other things, you know, like attachment issues and, Mm-hmm. Um, self-esteem issues and really just anxious about like you know um, food insecurity and housing and things like that so and really once I was able to kind of like you know put a kind of handle on you know not letting those things like dictate my life today well you know at that yeah. time not not today but at that time when I was trying to process all these things I just really felt like a new person you know it's so, yeah. it's so good to kind of let that stuff go yeah and and I don't know about you. I mean, my story is different and I'm very open about it um, on my podcast, uh, just coming from an abusive, you know, generational abuse that my parents, neither of them were willing to look out, look at mm-hmm. um, from from my mother's parents. And then how, you know, then then you get. um you know, repressed memories. And when you come out, the entire family explodes and, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all the stuff that comes with that. And I, I have such a high value on this. I wouldn't say it's fearless, but in spite of the fear, choosing to be honest anyway, mm-hmm. because I think that you know, you can only be honest about what you are, have worked on and what you're still working on. You can, you know, pick and choose, but that honesty has a ricochet effect. Yeah. That's true. You know, and you're, and you're modeling that it's, you know, I've just said this out loud and I'm still standing and I'm still working and I'm still going for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel kind of now it's like, it's like, you know, uh, relief you know saying oh yeah you know like just kind of by just you sit down with people and helping going through your own trauma helping people go through their trauma it, you know it's 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 relieving just to know that there's people out there who are who, who are fighting to fight with you you know yeah oh for sure all of a sudden you're like oh i'm not alone i convinced myself that i was alone but yeah i'm not alone you know and then they know they're not alone yeah Yep, and then, then from there you, you kind of build on that, you know, like you build on that confidence, you know, like a lot of um, like a, a lot of therapy, at least I consider, you know, uh, it's like rapport building, you know. So, yeah. so like it's not really it, to me, it's not like beneficial to just deep dive on the first day, time you meet them, <laughs> unless the person is that open, you know. Then sometimes people yeah. are that open, but uh, you know, like I don't try, and, and I was getting like flustered. 
this past summer when I was doing therapy because I, you know, because I would get it was like my first time ever like doing like actual therapy like as a, mm-hmm. as a clinician. So like I was, so I, I I would be trying to like you know get so many goals accomplished in the first like time we we met. And I was like, hold up, I gotta slow yeah. down and I gotta you know because <laughs> I, I mean because you know um um audits are scary. You know, so like, yeah, I, you know, so yeah, like, I can't imagine. So like, you never want to, so like, you, you never want to give them like any kind of room to say you didn't do something in a session. So if you have a goal, you better work on it during <laughs> the session, or we gonna bust you. But then you have to relax, like, no, nah, that's not really like, like even like us sitting down and like not talking about the goal in some indirect ways, working on the goal because because my end, yep. thing, I got to get the rapport so you can trust me. To not, you know, just be, you know, to just, just to be saying any kind of old crazy stuff, just to have you comply with what you got to get done. You know, I really want to make, yeah, impactful, um, you know, in, impactful conversations. Yeah, I mean, they need to know that they can trust you, mm-hmm. so that you can get to those big goals. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. So, what? I mean, I, I read your bio, but what would you like, you don't have to go through the whole thing, but what, in, what was the catalyst or the lightning rod for you to go, I want to do this? Well, um, so like the lightning rod was, I had to get over like my fear of like living, <laughs> you know, like my yeah. fear of like being seen. So like, mm. I really, um, I really like, uh sat down and was wondering like well okay so so why is it so hard for me to like want to be in the spotlight or like want to be heard or you know like why can't I really just kind of be my own self around people and it came from like you know just kind of thinking about you know just kind of the stuff I've been through and like the embarrassment I've been through and the trauma I've been through you know like you know so like every like like most people I was kind of an awkward teenager and I didn't want a lot of people to know about things that I was going through. So I just kind of kept it mm. quiet and kept, but that kind of played into my adult life. And then it kind of like, you know, like um, prevented a whole lot of opportunities because I never put myself out there. So, mm. so yep. like all this stuff happened like in grad school. I was like, man, I got to really figure out a way to really get to a point to where like, you know, to where I feel like this, you know, me getting this master's degree was worth, it was worth it, you know, and it was, and I want to do more than just be like a, you know, like a paper pusher. So I figured I had some stuff to get over. So, you know, <laughs> so, so I kind of just did my own research. Um, I went to therapy twice before I got married because my boss had required all of us to use our um, EAP um, fund. Whoa. Yeah, it was a requirement. He was, he, yeah, he was big on mental health. He was like, this job is hard. And if you don't use it, then, you know, you'll just kind of get lost. So it was, so it was, Every every employee had a goal. They had to use their five sessions in their working year. That's amazing. Yeah, he was big on that. And and when I went did that, you know, therapy twice, you know, just kind of it, it felt good to like like to just talk to somebody about what you know the kind of things I've been through. And from there, I kind of just kept building on my own. You know. Mm-hmm. Has there been like a big influencer for you? I know that I didn't give you a heads up on this question but has there been somebody within the therapeutic community where you've just been maybe there's more than one person but you're just like oh my god this person is the best to follow or listen to or has there any been somebody that inspired you uh yeah 
uh, I want to say like it's too many to, <laughs> to um, you know, to. So like, um, for instance, there's this gal that I had on my podcast last season. Uh, her name is Ashley, and she's you know a public speaker. She does like uh, events all over the the country, and she's like you know she's a person. She does racial trauma, and that's like her her niche. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of, uh, you know, she really does that well. You know, she speaks on it well, and she's respected for that. Um, and uh, and seeing people like that, um, uh, Brene Brown, you know. Oh, I love know, her, yeah. Even uh, I, I just kind of like the way she kind of like, you know, making, you know, she's on Netflix. She's got books, you know. But, yeah. You know, like, and I would like to kind of be a person like her, but like for like, men of color you know what i'm saying yeah you know, like a lot of men of color probably ain't gonna like look at Brene brown like, well they probably she probably got nothing that you know <laughs> probably got nothing that you know that i can relate with you know but you know but if i could be that yeah that that translation for you know that would be pretty good her and who else um dr chris um i think his name is ebden i can't pronounce his last name oh yeah we he's the he does the um radical teaching yes. stuff he, I love him. Just watching him speak, it's like, man, this guy's in his bag. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, there's many more, like the Melanated um, Social Work um, Group. You know, those four, uh, those four uh, guys that you know um, that they they got together at, at Boston College, and they're and they're just they're they're incredible, you know, in their work that they do. Um, so yes, yeah, those are like the top four. But if, yeah, those are good. So many, like if you know anybody that I've that you know that I've interviewed on my podcast uh, you know, in some way I'm like you know intrigued by you know the work they do so yeah 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 I saw the that um the one you just said with the four guys that do social work what did you, what were they called again the melanated social work yeah I, they come up when when I followed your podcast yeah. and I wanted to check them out too I like to I like to listen to podcasts that focus on you know therapeutic ideas yeah yeah you know and i didn't even know those podcasts exist and so i started doing mine and then like i've seen i think the most popular one is uh therapy for black girls you know oh okay she she gets a lot of you know a lot of uh a lot of press but uh but you know, but but there's I mean there's a whole slew of them now that I've seen. But yeah, just yeah, my influences, yeah, it, they come from come from any and everywhere, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's usually I mean, at least in my experience, that's usually the best because they then you're getting all different kinds of ways to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Not just because the thing that I like about you is and this came up in when I interviewed um, another person on my podcast who's a therapist. This um, kind of breaking that wall between therapist and client. Yeah. Not in a. Not in. It's it's almost like she was describing it, like um, you know she. My experience with therapists is they tend to hold stuff back, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to be a front runner to also give them some of her story. Yeah. You know, she's like punk rock, 
you know, activist. So she doesn't dress up. She wears her, you know, t-shirts and jeans and, you know, she meets, she's not putting it on. She's trying to meet her client where her client is and her client sought her out because of who she is. Yeah. And that seems like kind of what you seem to be trying to embody in your work. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I, uh, that's what I do. Like I, I really like to uh, be myself, you know, cause I want people to be themselves. So, so really, yeah, I just, I really just want people to be themselves. So how can I actually be yourself? When I'm not myself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you've had or talked to people that have had therapists that that is not their go-to. Yeah. That's <laughs> That is true. Because that's like the old school way of doing it. Yeah, it's like, you know, you kind of, you know, you guard it and, you know, you don't share anything. But but it's like, you know, I'm asking people to heal and I can't really heal if, you know, they can't heal if I'm not, you know. like I, I just like to be a person that, you know, that walks it like they talk it, you know, more you yeah. know, more than anything. I mean, and that's before like the, you know, therapy and all that stuff. I just like to kind of, you know, like just lead by example. There's yeah. no reason why I can't, you know, do that in therapy. Yeah, for sure. So how close are you to being done with your, uh, do you have out, a bunch of hours left? Uh, Yes, I got about, excuse me, sorry. I got about, uh, I got about, um, I got about 50 supervision hours left. Well, maybe 60 actually. That's not bad. Yeah, but I feel like I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Yeah. I would just kind of like to, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Not, but but you know, um, you know, I I I think uh, you know, like it's 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 a good deal. It will be a good deal. It will be worth it. You know, I'm probably gonna cry once I pass the test. Because, oh, because yeah. of all the <laughs> stuff that I've been through. Like you know, I'm, oh, you can you can swear on. Yeah. This. Okay. <laughs> All right, all the shit out. It's a pro swearing. It's a pro swearing podcast. You know, like and it's just such a like a hard process because you know I, I I worked for the school district, um, you know, or I started the process and I lost that job and then I try to I bounced around. I had one job that I lost about six months of progress because the stuff that I was banking on didn't get approved and nobody Ugh. nobody meant to tell me that. So um, so you know. It saw that, so that yeah. kind of put me six months behind. So now, I finally got a supervisor who who wants me to win. So, That's so yeah, so you know, so I'm I'm, I'm loving that. But but yeah, I, you know, just all this man, all the stuff you got to do, and then like 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 the consistency, you know, like like if if you're lucky enough to come in and keep a job for two years, and if in social work, you never know what budgets and stuff you might get cut. Yeah, or whatever, whatever can happen. You know, like if you're like, like if you got in and got it in two years and got out, like you are extremely privileged. You know what I'm saying? And not like in a like white privilege way, but just you know, you, you have the, you yeah. have the privilege to keep a job for two years, and you know, and you know, and you can be a supervisor for two years. Because I've known people who have supervisors and supervisors are like in the middle just says, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And then you got to find a new one. So yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. just so much stuff that has to go right for two years. Like man, that's it's. It's true. Yeah, that's, I mean, and I don't think it, just like my beef with um, people, you know, just the, the 
how they make it so hard for people to actually access therapy. Yeah. I feel like they make it so hard. What, I mean, you know, you have a potential to make a lot more money than me and also deal with a lot more, um, uh, I'm not getting into the stuff that you're getting into with spiritual direction. So I had, I had to complete 60 to 70 hours and that was it. Okay of supervision yeah. and I do have to meet you know on a regular basis with us with somebody that is has supervision yeah. um but you know this the people that I've talked to that are trying to do what you're trying to do it's just it can take so long yeah, for sure and then you gotta pass the test <laughs> yeah. yeah so even if you complete the hours and you're like I proved myself yeah. then you have to pass a test, mm-hmm. which that seems like some bullshit to me. <laughs> for, yeah, for sure. You know, it's a whole lot of it. And yeah, so, but you got to do it. You know, my uh, the, the person, yeah. one one of my professors, when I was in grad school, said, even if you don't, if you don't plan on doing like direct service work, you still need to get your L- LCSW. I was like, damn. So, yeah, you know, so I, I'm in it and I'm in it to, to win it, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so because you've already put in so much labor. Yeah, for real. So one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, as somebody that is in in a community work wise, and then I'm guessing you have a community of people that you're involved in socially. Mm-hmm. You know, our communities extend out, so. One of the things I wanted to know is, one, how, if you can explain, how do you see this affecting, you know, the pandemic that we're in, this affecting your community, both positive and negative? And then, and, you know, it can bounce all over the place. And then also, like, do you see, have you, have you tried things that maybe we're outside something that you had tried before. Like I've been saying personally, you know, I have a toolbox full of tools that I have PTSD from my childhood. So I have a toolbox that typically works for me, you know, that's filled with mindfulness and meditation, exercise, walking, you know, lots of different things that typically work for me on a regular basis, just to keep me kind of grounded and feeling good. And most of those things, I would, I wouldn't say they're not working anymore, but they're not working as good as they are, as they do when life is sort of normal, whatever that means. And so I'm curious if you've tried things within your community, within yourself that maybe, you know, people would hear and go, oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Maybe I could try it. <laughs> yeah, so um, only one thing that I've, that, that I've tried differently, I mean, well, I guess, so the community I work in, you know, I work at a youth correctional facility, and the thing that, that we've tried differently, you know, positively, is we've increased, like, the, the number of phone calls um, that mm. you can get, um, like, this, you know, this, we can do Skype visits, which are kind of unpredictable sometimes because you never really know what's going on on the other end, you know. But uh, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> but you know, um, 
things like that. Um, staff are trying to become more creative in ways to engage with our, um, you know, you know, youth that we serve. Um, negatively, um, the um, family connection has kind of suffered because they they stop uh, doing visits. Yeah, you know, um, this it, it it has changed the intake process a little bit, like. And now we have to like uh, take in like quarantine for like you know in, for, you know like in consideration. So like now, when youth come in, you know they got to go to a unit for fourteen days just for quarantine purposes. Then they could, you know, be be kind of shipped wherever they're going to go. Um, so are they alone in that quarantine, or are there other people also quarantined? There are other people. Well, it, it depends on it depends. So like if you're already on like a housing unit and you get symptoms. And you go back to where, you know, uh, to, to we have a few um, we have a few units that are just for quarantine and you go back there with a the staff, you know, and if there's not and if there's not anybody back there, then you're by yourself. But I mean, <sighs> but sometimes, you know, like some youth, because, you know, you're around people so much, you know, like, you know, a few days back there, it's kind of like, oh, that was that wasn't that bad. You know? <laughs> they're blissed yeah. out they're like i'm alone finally <laughs> you know but 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 if it was like 14 days back there then they you know but that's only if you test come back positive but luckily no, nobody mm. has tested positive um you know all the, we had a few scares but nobody has tested positive but oh that's but I good think, you know positively i feel like you know um our engagement you know you know we're looking at um different ways to you know engage and engagement is increasing but negatively people are getting bored you know um um, you know our there's a couple youth that school has been hit pretty hard because you know they canceled school so so now school is like an hour a day and you know like and and some of the youth just need to graduate to get out so those kind of things yeah things a little tricky um I know my wife, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like as far as my personal community, she's been working from home and her job is thinking like, well, you know, maybe more of us can work home, you know, because, you know, we're doing such a good job working from home. I mean, more of us can work from home. So, so, you know, like that might change for her. Also, like, you know, like our budget cuts at my job, you know, because I I work for the state Mm. and the state budget's not going to look too cool. So nobody knows if. Nobody really knows what's going yeah. on from there. I, but I made myself a commitment. Because last year, when I got laid off, I didn't get unemployment. Like, I went and did a whole bunch of hustles. Now this year, if I get laid off, I'm definitely taking unemployment. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I'm getting it. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've heard that thing where <laughs> it's really annoying. Because my son is working. He has kept his job. He works in Hollywood at a little... Um, like a upscale minute mart and you know keeping his job obviously has pluses and minuses the minus being he's exposed all the time now has to take uber to work you know stuff like that but he's kept his job he's making money but he has friends that you know got laid off and they're making more money than he is about six hundred (laughs) dollars just ridiculous yeah. i'm like you're not encouraging people to keep their jobs yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean you know, that's i feel like yeah, that goes both ways because you know like once yeah like right now you're getting a nice little you know you know, you know it's a nice little chunk right now but like like let's say like if covid ended this whole thing ended, you know a month from now you know like, mm-hmm. like a month from now 
you know, like I still had a job through this whole thing, so I still got my job. And now people who are losing that six hundred dollars extra now, yeah, gonna, you know, be feeling it. So, so kind of, you know, it kind of goes both ways. I think. Oh, that's I hadn't looked at it that way. That that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I I do think if you can keep your job, you know, that's what we've said to our son. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel good. You're scared. You know, they're not obviously like every place else, they're not giving you proper protection, but you, it means something to most employers that you work to the whole Mm -hmm. time. Now, if the, now if his job isn't giving him like proper health insurance and stuff like that, then yes, I would be mad because like, shit, I could be unemployed, but like, you know, but. Oh yeah. No, his, you know, but for. He's, you know, he's 20. They're not giving him, he doesn't have insurance. He works at a a minute mark. Yeah. So like in that case, yeah, like, yeah, that's, (laughs) I could make some money being laid off. But in my case, it's like, you know, I got pretty nice insurance, you know. So, it's yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of more things that come with just me going to work every day. Yeah. So, but, yeah, as to like, yeah, because, you know, like, if, you, if, like if you're just working a job, you know, for, you know, for whatever, and somebody's not working and getting a thousand bucks a week, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that might be a little, that might be a little trickery. <laughs> doesn't feel, doesn't feel real yeah. good. <laughs> so, does that, I mean, you know, that's the thing that I've been kind of worried about is like taking your wife for an, for example, it's like, just because she can work from home and she's excelling from working at home doesn't necessarily mean she wants to work from home. Yeah. Yeah. I think because she has to, um, she has to pay to park at her job. I think. Oh, so she's saving money. Yeah, I, I think she's fine <laughs> now. The now the now the tricky part is that my daughter is also home with her, so that makes it a little more tougher. Yeah. You know. So she's having to navigate working and teaching, and yeah. Well, my daughter is only two and a half, so it's more like oh. working and occupying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that is very very tricky our daughter is um 18 she goes to jefferson and you know so it's just been watching all of the end of the year things that she was looking forward to be taken away yeah 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 you know um, i went to jeff it's a fine establishment she loves it both my kids went there and they both loved it yep i graduated oh four yeah so (laughs) So you, um, I mean, probably some of the staff that taught you are still still there. Um, they could be. Uh, I know the uh, TV production guy. He's uh, uh he's still there, I believe. Oh yeah, he's yeah, there. Lenny Edwards. His name. And Mr. Yep. Pettifor, he's still there. Mr. Hone. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, do you ever no, show up there? No, I would go up there. <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you ever part yes. of the SEI program? Since second grade. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, my kids, Brennan is, and that's my daughter. She's still sort of involved, but it's kind of, they've had a lot of changes in the last few years and it's been pretty yeah. chaotic. So she doesn't have, she, I mean, she's involved in it, but she doesn't have a lot of yeah. needs that she needs them to you know, fulfill. So she doesn't, 
she used to go into the office, you know, in her first couple of years, every lunch. And now she's like, well, now she doesn't go in at all because yeah. she's not at school. But now she's like, yeah, I got yeah, other stuff happen. to do. You know, I was, uh, I still remember those standards. They really burned me into your head. Oh, no kidding. You could probably still say the same yeah. by heart. <laughs> I can, actually. I definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be really proud. <laughs> Well, so so you're is is that a juvenile detention center? What what what's the place called that you? What's the organization uh, that the you Oregon work for called? So, so is it mainly houses that uh, the kids so are in? If if they're in supervised custody, like if they not in like on probation and they have to go to like a facility, I work at the facility. So like there's like. There's like seven okay. facilities around the state, and I work at the main one. You know, the one that has like the, you know, the, the the one that houses the most. Um, you know. In, oh, okay. Is that in? It's in it's is in that Woodburn. in Portland? Yeah. Okay. Well, you have a. Oh uh, well, you know, I, I live on the outskirts of Portland, so it's kind of like I live like smack in the middle. Like it's either thirty minutes to Portland or thirty minutes to Woodburn. Yeah. Oh. No, I do live you live in like, Tigard? Uh, West Wind. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. not bad yeah. then. But I I imagine that like with the restrictions, I mean it's difficult to get creative with what you can do because you already have you know going into it before lockdown. Because of COVID, you have restrictions just yes. by the nature of yeah, them so being in a facility. Away, you know, you know before they used to be able to mix groups. Are mixed units for group now they can't so and then there was a big uh like significant event so now we can't even be outside with this two units at the same time so Ugh. so you know like you know so yeah it's just it's just a it's just a rough time right now you know but uh but yeah. you know considering things we haven't had that many uh like significant incidents maybe one or two you know or maybe three or four but i mean but that could but we've been doing this since now March. since. Yeah, I want to say so my last that's day not... I was at Boise was March 7th or something like that. March, something like that. Yeah, I think that's when we started yeah. sheltering in place. So, you know, outside of your work and your home life, have you noticed like, ways that this has affected your um, friends? A lot of my friends, uh, yeah, they they they're really just like bored, you know. I mean, you know, some of them are like, you know, well, not I wouldn't say like my my close friends are doing this, but a lot of people that I like are friends with on Facebook. They're going down like this rabbit hole of anti-COVID information, which is like, oh damn, oh. you know. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I've and, seen that. You know, and some people are just you know, I see a lot of people who are getting creative. I see I see a lot of people making videos and. You know, making podcasts and you know, just really trying to just really trying to do anything to occupy their time. You know, like some of my friends are using this time to like yeah, you know, um, you know, get their extracurricular stuff in order, you know, or you know, just so yeah. um so it, it really depends. A lot of them, you know, are like are you know, like well the, at least my Facebook friends are honest saying like this time is lonely and they're you know, they're they're getting anxious about things and you know, you know they want loved ones mm. to not 
you know, end up perishing because of COVID. Because we know COVID is dangerous, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, it's been weird, I think. I don't know if you've noticed this, but at least in our neighborhood, and I walk a lot, so I've noticed it outside. You know, I'm walking the dogs and I have a mask on. And for the most part, I feel like, you know, 90% of the people, 80 to 90% of the people have masks on and are conscious of where they are. But then I'll go to like overlook and it's like nothing is happening. We're on holiday (laughs) and people are drinking and sitting in groups of like 10 or 15. And I'm like, (laughs) come on. Yeah. You know, nobody is enjoying this. Nobody wants to, I mean, there's probably some people that do, but you know, for the most part, people do not want to be in the situation that we're in. And, you know, connection is what we long for, but, you know, the, the more we stay put and kind of protect our family and our loved ones from exposure to us, the sooner that we yeah. can be done. That's true. You know, so that's, yeah, the more we take it serious, the more like, hey, you know, the, the, the it increases our chance of coming out. Yeah, I heard this morning, um, and I don't know where the person got this information, but we, I think yesterday was the first day that Oregon had nice. no new cases. Yeah. I know, I was huh. like, woo, that's exciting. I try not to listen to yeah. very much news. Okay. Because there's just so much shit out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of. I definitely do. I definitely do not listen to the president's nope. press releases. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Is there anything that you do personally um, to like self care, especially in this time? Like maybe you didn't do it before, but now you're like, I'm definitely holding my daughter. Yeah. You know, or. I'm do I'm cooking or is there something that you're doing to like self-care um, and or spiritual practice? Um not not really. I'm bad at self-care, honestly. You know, like I'm 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 pretty bad at it. Uh but uh one thing I've been doing more, like just for like my consciousness is contacting my parents more. Um, you know, mm. like at least twice a week. Um before I would go like weeks without saying nothing. Like they would have to call me and be like, Hey, what you doing, you know, but now I try to have it like in my in the front of my brain, you know, to FaceTime or, you know, call, call my parents. Yeah. You know, it's like something important, you know, that that I try to do. Um, I try not to get overwhelmed. I try to only like worry about things that I can control, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much it. I've been, uh, you know, trying to stay like creative, like you know, getting to like my creative bag. Uh, I, you know, I took a break from my podcast, but today I started back up. So I got an episode, got an episode Ooh, good. tomorrow. So, so what's the, what's uh, the episode going to be on? Uh, MSW student. She's also a social, she's a, she's a bachelor's level social worker who is, you know, um, working uh, as a like social worker already. But she's getting a bachelor's degree, so mm-hmm. we like talked about her background, you know, her career. Um, she she works in like um, geriatric social work, sounds like. 
Um, oh yeah, she does. You know, she does stuff like that. Um, and she's also a student, so we kind of talked about you know how to navigate those spaces. Oh, I'm gonna have to. My my daughter is going to U of O. Well, she's accepted, but yeah. who knows what's gonna happen next year but she's going to u of o and she wants to study um she wants to become a therapist and her best friend tamia um is going to go to san francisco yeah. university to oh, study okay. therapy nice. so i'll have to yeah. tell them about it yeah it is interesting to hear people's like because like most of my uh most of my people that i interview aren't there are are therapists so like it's, it's nice to like get like people who aren't we're social workers, but not therapists, you know? Yeah. So, oh, there's different, more out here, of course. Yeah. Well, also just somebody that's in it right now, because I think, you know, they can talk to, you know, my daughter can talk to her therapist about it, but she's already doing it. She's done all the hours. She's taken the test. You know, she's been in it for 30 years or whatever. But to talk to somebody or at least listen to a conversation that you had with somebody that's like mm -hmm. in it right now. And that's a woman, yeah. you know, for them as women is, you know, really powerful. Yeah, it is, you know, and it kind of gives you an idea of like, you know, how work's going to look, what's work going to look like, things like that, you know. Well, also just hearing you say, you know, to try and get something to happen in the two mm -hmm. years almost takes yeah. a miracle you know, that's not, it's not fun to hear that, but it's also when somebody's in that process, they can refer back to that and go, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. The system is set up in a skewed way that makes it harder. I just have to hustle or, you know, get really good at saying what I need to people that yeah. can help me. Cause I'm sure you've had to do Definitely. that. You know, I've had, I have a lot of, uh, had a lot of informational interviews and those kind of things you know um and sometimes they're helpful sometimes they're like ah that was a waste of my time <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm also i'm guessing you've had to beat down doors that you would not have ne necessarily wanted uh, yeah, to beat sure. down you know it's yeah yeah it, yeah to advocate yeah. for yourself and get what you yeah, need yeah my uh Oh man, yeah, I remember the first time like I uh <laughs> I got like my social work like opportunity to like advocate for somebody who couldn't advocate for themselves. And it's hard to like go into like a like a room full of your colleagues and say, Hey, you guys are doing this wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Did it feel good to be able to do that for somebody? Uh, else? it felt good, like, you know, like it, it felt good to it, it did at the time, like, it didn't feel good to get kind of uh, berated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but, I can imagine you know, But not. it felt good to, like, because I knew with this, with this certain individual, I was playing the long game, you know? So, mm -hmm. so you know, so it, it, it just really felt good to, to be able to, you know, um, and then when the kid graduated high school, I really was like, yep, I told y'all. I knew, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you saw something. So. Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. I I did want to one thing I want to say is I'm not good at self-care yeah. either. 
I think a lot of a lot of us in the field that we're in, especially, you know, give yourself some some credit. You you're a husband and a father of a two year old. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean that I remember those days. You don't get a lot of me time. Nope. <laughs> Um, all the, all your time is and especially time. less now because like you know well like my wife's not working um, I'm doing child care and when she's working I'm you know you know vice versa so like yeah. it's like less like me time now and like I feel guilty when I'm like hey uh, can I go do this and she's like what I mean you know and, yeah and even though she's she's she, you know she's pretty lax but I don't want to seem like that person you know because. You know, to me, it's like, you know, like, I, I recognize that, you know, we're all strained and, you know, we're all in this together. So I try not to, you know, you know, like mm-hmm. when, you know, like, there might be times where I like, I want time to myself, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, she's doing this. So, you know, I, I need to kind of put, see, see, yeah. to see things through her, her lens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, we're all home together, which I'm very glad I'm not mm-hmm. alone at home. But man, <laughs> I said this morning, you know, we were taught, my husband and I were talking in the kitchen and I said something and all, you know, we've had so many deep conversations and so many, I wouldn't call them fights, but you know, the things that you're all kind of a little bit mm-hmm. raw. So you're having deeper intense conversations a lot yeah. more often if you're if you're those people that are trying to have those conversations and he was giving me some information this morning I finally was like yeah. I can't do it <laughs> I I can't I don't I'm I I'm not mad I'm not you know it says nothing to do with you I just cannot have another informative yeah. conversation I don't want right to deep now. dive right now yeah <laughs> I'm going to tap out of the deep dive and we can return to it later, but not mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, pretty much yeah. what's going on here. Everybody's raw. Everybody's, you know, mad. I mean, not really mad, but just like, you know, everybody's just like kind of on the edge, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you, you know, your perspective might be a little bit different than mine, you know, but I feel like I'm not surprised at the at the you know administration's inability mm-hmm. to do the right thing. But I do have to say that sometimes I'm like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? <laughs> like even the you know even in England they have a buffoon that's leading their you know their prime minister is not he's like. Trump's twin brother and he's even potentially doing more the right thing but I just you know I I have people because I have you know friends that are are English or and one of my best friends is living in Holland and um, so I get information from them that's like you know right right now what's happening there and their question to me all the time is like what is going yeah. on and you know it's like i hoped for better but i didn't expect better but living in the cycle of stupidity that we're living in is 
taxing. Definitely. Exhausting, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I also wanted to ask you is there's a couple things, but where did hip hop social mm-hmm. worker come from? And then I also just, you know, before we go, I wanted I wanted you to plug all the things that you are doing and and or things that you think that the people listening should listen to yeah. or follow or whatever. Uh, yeah. So um, basically hip hop social worker, it's just really an ode to like the culture that I grew up in, you know, and really like a way to say, like, I- I'm going to do things my way. Uh, you know, I'm not really here mm-hmm. to um, to like switch up anything. I'm here to really, you know, hip hop is. Is a big is a big part of how I build rapport with my clients because you know like a lot of my clients are you know w- w- you know within the same kind of culture you know like the kind of you know um, so yeah. things like that and really it was just the kind of way to do social work my way you know and I needed and I needed a name that you know you know that stuck out so I'm like I know a lot of people like see hip hop hip hop social work and like I wonder what what that is you know so. And then they see it and like, yeah. you know, either they like like it or like, oh no, that's kinda corny or you know, or like, oh, this is kinda this guy's kinda saying stuff that I like to hear. So um and what was the second part of the question? And then well, first I wanna say, uh I don't think mm-hmm. it's corny, but you know, I'm a almost fifty year old white lady, <laughs> so <laughs> But I thought I, that's exactly I thought that's what you were going for because you know, and when I look at you you know, on your website, you, you're, it, you're not, it doesn't seem like you're trying yeah. to be somebody you're not. And I think that, again, that's that nod back to, I'm going to be the kind of therapist that I want to be. And I want, and it'll, it'll appeal to the people that need what mm-hmm. I have to offer. Yeah. And then my, and then I just wanted to know, you know, what you want to plug okay um yeah so go to hiphopsocialworker.com um i that's everything on my podcast my videos that i post uh you know my i i come up with a newsletter from time to time um it's all on there um you know more information about things that got going on uh my podcast will be up and running uh starting you know monday may 4th um for the fourth season. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to build this brand. Um, you know, just trying to, Yeah, you also I have got, merchandise yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, just trying to build as much as I can. I'll be, I got like my first paid gig. Hopefully I can still do it, but it's at the University of Alabama. I'm doing a workshop on how to work with juveniles uh, who are incarcerated and, um, you know, like the kind of stress that, um, in, uh, the kind of stress that um, implicit bias brings to our clients yeah. and our service workers who happen to be people of color so yeah so i'm yeah. trying to build more of those you know that's do great more, do more of those so and everything pretty much it seems like all of your everything that you're on every platform that you're on is under hip-hop social work yeah. right yeah. so facebook instagram, yeah, instagram twitter i couldn't fit hip-hop social worker so it's uh H8 social work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, hip hop social worker. Just you can just go to the website too and it'll and I have the, like uh you know the little week or you know the links for 
you know, uh, for those, um, for that. Do you, are, since you do coaching, are you taking clients? Not at the moment. I don't have the capacity to take them at the moment. Okay. But, uh, but you know, uh, soon. Okay, good. So if people keep, you know, if they start following you, you'll post something when you are ready to yeah, take on I new will. clients. Okay, good. Because it's always good to know. And do you like, do you have a Patreon? I do have, or a, I do have a Patreon, anything? but I haven't been active on there. So I don't even advertise it. But hip hop social work okay. on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah, I have, I haven't, you know, I keep saying to myself, I'm going to do a Patreon. And then I look at it and I'm like, yeah. hey, I, don't, I don't know. Because it's, you know, that's a whole other thing that you have to build up and manage and mm-hmm. it takes work. I really, I really appreciate you being on here since we did not know each yeah. other at all. And, um, you know, I, you're giving your time and your time is valuable. So yes. thank you for being on here. I will post all of the, you know, every place where people can find you, I'll put in the okay, show notes. Cool. So if there's something like afterwards that you think, oh, I forgot about this or, you know, anything like that, this will probably come out in a okay. couple weeks. And I'll also... Um, you know, send it to you before I put it out. And um, so, yeah, in the meantime, if you think of anything that you're like, oh, I, I forgot about this, then I'll just add it. That sounds good. Appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Take care, stay safe, sane and healthy. (laughs) I love that interview. And I hope you did too. I know that it's kind of, you know, sporadic at the end, but it just felt good and right to leave all that in. Please find Chris on Hip Hop Social Worker on Instagram. His website is Hip Hop Social Worker. Facebook, Hip Hop Social Worker. He posts a lot of really good, quick bypasses for emotional intelligence stuff. So not bypassing emotional intelligence, but engaging emotional intelligence with quick things. So please follow him. He is such a great guy. And I'm really grateful that he was willing to do it. Stay safe and sane. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Thanks, guys.